Okay, let's pray. Dear kind and heavenly Father, thank you for waking us up this morning. Thank you for bringing us all together, Lord. May those who come to the live today feel refreshed, feel rejuvenated, feel rested, find their peace, Lord. We can only find that in you, Lord, as we go into another day and another fasting day. Let us be strengthened through your word, be able to draw more men and women to you, Father, because that is the only place that we can be happy. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's get my glasses on. Let's get the glasses on. I'm sounding a bit croaky, guys. I'm sounding croaky too. Till I want no more and make me whole. We got the hymns out, guys, because we need to get back to hymns, yeah? <laughs> That's my thing for... Um... 2024. We are on day three, guys. The title today is Power is Given Us to Become the Sons and Daughters of God. Power is Given Us to Become the Sons and Daughters of God. Can anyone remember what we spoke about yesterday in regards to why the Bible seems to be focused on the male species? instead of the female species. Does anyone remember what we what we learned? Yes, because it was said we were looking for him. Yes, we would be looking for a Messiah and they referred to that Messiah as him. Good looking out, Joanna. Good looking out. Good looking out. Okay, so that is why, because generation after generation was looking for a male to be born because the promise that God gave um, Adam and Eve was that he would send a Messiah and it would be a him. Therefore, every every male that was born after that time, people were watching, thinking, is this the Messiah? Is this the Messiah? And that is the line that the Bible goes down, looking, searching for that Messiah, pointing to that Messiah, always from the beginning until the end. Okay, so title today, as I said, is called Power is Given to Become the Sons and Daughters, we have to see it as, of God. We are in John, John 1 verse 12, and it says, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. We are given a promise in John chapter 1, verse 12. It says, but as many as received him. So those who receive Christ, to them, he gives power. What is the power to do? To become the sons and daughters of God. So he gives us the power to become his child. He gives us the want, the need. You know, when you feel that urge, maybe I need to get closer to God or you want to get closer to that urge, that power that draws you to him, he puts in you guys. He actually gives it to us. It's not because randomly we've just decided to become a Christian. It's because he's seeking us, constantly seeking us. And he puts the ability to come to him in us. And it says, even to them that believe on his name. As soon as you believe in him, 
that power is ready and rearing for you to take. Now, I'm going to go to the Bible. We're just going to fact check. We're just going to fact fact check, right? So we are in verse 12. And so said, so done. But as many as received him to them, gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Okay. I want to, though, remember we're, we're, we're um, scholars, guys. <laughs> this is the study text based on verse one to three. Like, if you know, you know, there's so much that goes on in these first few verses. This is the study text. All of this, all of this, all of this, all of this. And let me show you. And all of this, there's so much going on in those first three verses. But if you go to verse um, 12, which is the one that we're on, it says to go to 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. So we're going to quickly go there. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. We have just read that Christ gives us the power. What does it say? It says, but as many as received him to them, gave he power to become sons of God. One thing as well, let me just, before I go on, one thing as well, bear in mind, you have to receive Christ to become a son or daughter of God because he gives you the power. So this leads us to have the assumption, guys, that if you don't believe in Christ, you cannot be near the father. You cannot be near God because you have to receive him to get the keys to the bimmer. Well, you know what I mean? You have to receive Christ to get the keys to God. So let's go to second Corinthians. What did I say? Second Corinthians. Was it six or seven? Was it six or seven? Seven verse 17. I thought it was 17. Let me go back. Hold on, guys. I thought it was five. <laughs> five. Thank you, darling. Thank you. Five verse 17. I thought I had it there. So we are here, guys. It says, therefore, we are here. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Why did we come to Second Corinthians? Because in the Bible, it repeats and expands. It repeats and expands. You want to get more clarity? Go to the study text so that you can see what is another verse that will give me some more expansion, more ideas about this verse. We're told he gives us the power to come become sons and daughters of God. Why does he give us that power? Because if we are in Christ, remember, we have to be in him. What does being in Christ mean, guys, to you? What does being in Christ mean? Surrender your will to him. Rachel, you get 10 million gazillion quadrillion brownie points. Obedience, Nick, exactly. Exactly. Be like Jesus. Yes. Receiving him. Yes. Yes. So if we are in Christ, 
what is the the promise today? We get the power to be sons and daughters of God. You know, power is such a, if someone gives you power to do something or the ability to do something, we still have a choice, guys. You can either pick up the power or you can put it down. You can either use that will or you can leave it alone. You still have a choice. But by being in Christ, by being obedient to him, the likelihood is that you will use that power to become a child of God. It says you become a new creature. Your behavior will change. Your patterns will change. You may start getting up at 5 a.m. and doing a routine. Old things are passed away. The things that you did before, guys, are no longer apparent. You don't behave the same way you did before you came to Christ. Because if you did, the Bible says that's evidence that you are maybe not in him or he is not in you. You know, it says, behold, all, not some, not just the bits that we don't like, not just the bits that we struggle to control ourselves. It says, behold, all things are become new. How you look, how you think, how you behave, how you act, how you speak, how you, how you treat your children, how you treat your loved ones, how you treat everybody. Everything should change. And this isn't for us to look at other people and go, oh, clearly she's not a Christian because she's still the same. That's not for us to do that. That's what we love to do that. We love to do that. That's not for us to do that. That's for us to look at this and apply it to ourselves and see, have I really surrendered to Christ? Have I really been obedient to Christ? Have I really changed? Because if I haven't, that may be a sign for me to fully surrender, to fully give my life to Jesus. Let's go to the devotion. We are in John John 1, John 1, John 1, verse 12, guys. We are in John. It says this. It says divine sonship. Divine sonship. That sounds very interesting. Divine sonship is not something that we gain ourselves. I've said it once and I'll say it again. Anyone who comes on here and says, how do I become How do I get close to Christ? How do I start to believe in God? How do I start to have a relationship with God? Anyone who says that to me, the first thing that comes to my mind is exactly this. Becoming a child of God is not something that we gain ourselves. We can't go to a shop and pick it up. We can't sit there and go, right, I am going to believe in God with all my might. I'm just going to do it. I want you, we can't do it. It is literally something that is given to us. It says only to those who receive Christ. Only if you receive Christ as your savior, only if you believe in Christ as your savior is given the power to become sons and daughters of God. We have to submit, we have to be obedient, we have to surrender all the things that you guys said. It says the sinner cannot by any power of his own rid himself of sin. We all fall short, guys. We all sin. I sin, you sin, we all do it. And we in our own might cannot get rid of sin. We can't stop 
lying on our own. We can't stop cheating on our own. We can't stop smoking if that's what you're trying to give up on your own. We can't stop doing these things on our own. We need Jesus. It says for the accomplishment of this result, he must do what? Look to a higher power. Remember what I said about the enemy and the paste? The enemy and the paste. The paste is this. The paste is that he uses the same method over and over again. He just packages it differently, right? He knows a hundred million percent that we all have a God-shaped hole in our hearts. Every single human being has a God-shaped hole in our hearts, right? The only thing that can fill that hole is a higher power, is God. But what he does is says, no, 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 no. You don't have to go to the God of the Bible. No, you can go to this God or you can be your own God or you can find God here or you can find God there. We all have the same hole in our heart. And until we go to a higher power, we're never going to be happy. It says, John exclaimed, behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world, the only person, the only person, guys, that can take away our sin is Jesus. It says Christ alone has power to cleanse the heart. Christ alone. He who is seeking for forgiveness and acceptance can say only nothing in my hand I bring. Simply to thy cross I cling. We can't pay our way out of sin. We can't bribe our way out of sin. We can't cry our way out of sin, guys. We can't bring anything in our hands that is going to be worth anything to Christ other than repentance. We just have to cling to the cross. Why do we cling to the cross? Because the promise is we believe in Christ. He takes away our sin. We rely on Christ. He takes away our sin. It says, but the promise of sonship is made to all, not some, not a certain, you know, country, not a certain type of person. It says the the divine sonship, the promise of sonship is made to all who believe on his name. Everyone who comes to Jesus in faith will receive pardon. Another big lie with the enemy is this. Another big lie with the enemy, guys, is this. You are too far gone. Your sins are disgusting. They're more disgusting than her sins. So he ain't going to want to know. He ain't going to want to know. Or you've done that sin too many times. How many times are you going to do that sin? You are far gone, too far gone. That's what the enemy tells us. And we start to have these negative thoughts. We think, oh, I was praying yesterday, but now I'm not praying. God doesn't want to know. I was seeking Christ last year, but now I'm not seeking him. God does not want to know. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. Because he died so he could take away what? The sins of what? One person, nice people, cute people, the world the whole world. It says, 
The promise of sonship is made to all who believe on his name. Everyone who comes to Jesus in faith will receive pardon. I've said this example before, but the way that I find it so easy to understand for myself is this. We as sinners have committed a crime. You may not think it's a crime, but it is. You lie and cheat, it's still All these things are crimes as far as the law of God goes. And the wages or the cost of that crime is the same. Regardless of which sin you caused, the cost of that crime is blood, is death. Okay? So unless you give your life, you cannot eradicate or relinquish any of the sins you have committed. But we have a lawyer. We have a lawyer, guys. We have a prosecutor, okay, called Jesus Christ, who is pleading on our behalf. And the judge, who is God the Father, is sitting there listening to Jesus state our case. Yes, you know, James messed up yesterday. But he came to me and he told me he confessed his sins. And I know that James is changing today. Yes, he messed up this week, but he came to me, confessed his sins. And I know James is going to be okay. He goes to the father and pleads our case on our behalf. Okay, we do have on the other side, the enemy trying to convict us, trying to accuse us, trying to bring evidence of how bad and horrible we are and how we're not worthy of being pardoned. But Jesus's blood can cover all. So God the Father has no choice. The judge has no choice but to accept us as being free because Jesus is pleading on our behalf. If we have him as our lawyer, If you don't have him as your lawyer and you want to go against God the Father yourself, you're going to lose. Because you have no one who's taking the fine, the fee, the cost for you. It says the religion of Christ transforms the heart. It makes the worldly minded man heavenly minded. It changes your mind, guys. The religion of Jesus Christ will transform you under its influence. The selfish man intercessor. Yes, under its influence, the selfish man becomes unselfish because this is the character of Christ. If you feel selfish, if you have a selfish heart, If you don't give two hoots about anyone but yourself, it says you are not of Christ because under the influence of Christ, you cannot be selfish. It's impossible. Impossible. I can't even speak. (laughs) The dishonest scheming man. Hey, the dishonest scheming man becomes upright so that it is second nature to him. To do to others as he would have others to do to him. If you're a schemer, if you're conniving, if you are mischievous, when you come to Christ, you have no choice but to do the right thing. It says the profligate is changed from impurity to purity. He forms correct habits for the gospel of Christ has become to him a saver of life unto life. 
God was to be manifest in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. You know, when it says that, it means that Christ is literally the audible version of God the Father. He manifested in Christ. When he came to earth, God the Father came in Christ. Meaning, if you are in Christ, you are one with the Father. Why did he do that? Because he wanted to draw the world onto himself. He wanted to reconcile the world back to himself. We have been departed guys we've been separated by sin because of you know Adam and Eve so in order to get us back from sin he had to send Jesus to reconcile us man had become so degraded by sin that it was impossible for him in himself to come into harmony with him without nature is purity and goodness. It was impossible and it still is impossible, guys, for us to become in harmony with God without Jesus. It says, but Christ, after having redeemed man from the condemnation of the law, could impart divine power. What is the power? The power is what we read today that he gives us. He imparts divine power to unite with human effort. Hey, what's our part then, guys? What is our portion in this? Our portion in this is this. He gives us the power to unite with human effort. He gives us the power we bring the effort. He brings us the power. We put in the effort. This is why, you know, you can either pick up the power or you can put it down. You can either accept the truth or you can leave it alone. You can either do God's will or you can do your own. There is only two options. It says thus, by repentance towards God and faith in Christ, the fallen children of Adam might once more become sons of God. When a soul receives Christ, he receives power to live the life of Christ. Ain't that cute? Ain't that cute, guys? When you receive Christ, we're promised. Let me just repeat it. When we receive Christ, to them gave he power to become sons of God. Who is Christ? He's the begotten, the only begotten son of God. So when we receive Christ, we have the power to live the life of Christ. Sinless, stainless, spotless. We have the power. I got the power. Have you got the power today, guys? Have you got the power? 